right, everybody. Today we have the amazing Kristen Scott on the podcast with us. Hi, Kristen. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good, despite all the craziness of the world right now. <laughs> I know. It's fucking, it's crazy. That's, I think that's probably one of the biggest understatements of this year, because this is yeah. such a fucked up situation that we've got going on right now. Um, yeah. I don't even know where to start. There's so much going on with the world, so much going on in our industry, so much shit. Um, yeah. What do you want to talk about first? How, let's start with this. How have you been? How are you holding up? I'm, I'm okay. I feel like it's, it's been such an up and down few months. I mean, my birthday was right when coronavirus like really became real for everyone. Right. Um, and all the shutdowns and lockdowns started happening right then. So I think ever since I've just been trying to ride the wave that is this shit storm that we're, we're all experiencing and doing my best to stay present and, um, you know, be involved in all the movements that are happening right now while also managing my own well-being and mental health. And that's been, that's been a task in itself. So yeah, I can believe it. You're on the list of a, a handful of people that I've been trying to check in with just to be like, there's you, there's Casey, there's a handful of other people. And it's just that mm-hmm. constant, like, you know what, let me just check in. Let me see, because it is, I know that there's a lot of shit going on in the world. And then you throw our industry and all of the shit that's going on in there. I'm like, I've got people that I'm just going to check every once in a while because it, <laughs> it's nice when it happens back towards me. So I'm like, I'm trying to remember to like keep on top of, like you said, keeping up with our own mental health, but to say, Hey, I'm having a good day to day. Let me make sure someone else is kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. And I appreciate that. It means a lot to me just to hear from somebody I care about during all this insanity. Right. <laughs> Um, so what do you, are there some of the certain things that you're doing that's kind of helping keep you, keeping your head in the game, so to speak? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've stepped away from social media as much as I can. That's probably the biggest thing. Um, I want to be present and I want to like be a part of, you know, using my platform to, you know, speak to my audience and try to educate as well as provide a platform for like different petitions and, um, different ways that you can get involved in just the Black Lives Matter movement. Right. Um, but it's also important to reserve time for myself. And I had a really hard time um, accepting that at first. I felt like I needed to be aware of everything on my feed all the time um, after George Floyd and, and Ahmaud Arbery both were, were killed. So it murdered. Um, so I... I had like a lot of guilt, I think, trying to stay off of social media. I felt like there was, it it wasn't okay. I needed to see everything and be aware of everything. But then it got to a point where I had so much anxiety and, you know, was not taking care of myself that I had to be like, okay, you can allow yourself to sit and scroll on social media for like a few hours hours out of the day at most and you need to like put your phone aside because it just messed with my well-being so much um I'm a really sensitive person and I take on a lot of what other people 
are experiencing as well as just, I mean, we're all, we're all well aware of what's happening. So right. yeah, taking time away from social media um, was the first thing for me. And then being in touch with friends as much as I can be, I have a tendency to like isolate myself when I'm overwhelmed by anything. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's been work to just reach out to people and, um, I don't know, just have a dialogue going on about how we're all feeling and trying to support each other and just trying to get outside and get some, some fresh air, get some, some good nature, right. you know, energy, energy vibes going. And, um, that's, that's like the bulk of what I've been doing that. And just, um, I, I have like a few friends that I have quarantined with. Um, I have somebody who I live with and uh, actually have a couple of roommates and right. um, we spend some time together and that's really helped too. And just having like family dinners, we all do that together. Have you expanded your circle any? That's what we, we called it. It was like slowly expanding our circle. Yeah, a little bit. Um, like I've seen just, I think I've expanded my circle to like two or three more people and Same. they're both. Yeah. And they're all very responsible as well. And we're all getting COVID tested consistently. And if we're out, like I did go and protest for right. a bit, um, but I made sure to go and get tested afterwards and quarantine. But um, yeah, it's been. Whew. It's tough, man. It's really tough. Yeah. I, um, I had been watching and forcing myself to watch and um, mm -hmm. having the wife sitting there going, you need to watch this. She's like, and, and I told her, I was like, I know it sucks and I know it hurts, but you, this is something that we should not be turning our faces away from. We should watch yeah. this and it's going to hurt. And yeah. we sat there and I've watched all the videos and I've seen all the things. And there was one recently that happened and it, I watched it and I just broke. And yeah. I sat there for probably hell, probably a good 20 minutes. And I just sobbed. And I finally got my shit back together and was like, all right. And I kind of was fragile, like really fragile for like the next day, yeah. like the whole day. It was like in the evening and the whole following day, I kind of felt like I was just overwhelmed. And I started having like the kind of, I got the, the loosey goosey in the head kind of thing. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. Where you're like, you're not sure the anxiety was a little more than it usually is. And it yeah. got to where I was like, all right, I might have to call somebody kind of thing because yeah. I had gotten, because I, like you said, I had taken on so much and I mm -hmm. held it all in. And when it finally broke, I got so fragile that I'm like, I don't know what to do with myself kind of situation. Yeah. And I kind of took care of myself and, you know, was Mr. Self-care guy for like a good day and mm -hmm. kind of was very quiet and reflective. And then the next day I was like, all right, I'm back to normal. But it took, like I said, when mm -hmm. it broke, I was just like, oh, I don't know what to do. like I just yeah. sobbed and I sat in my, like yeah. my kitchen and my, um, my kid was actually in the room, in the other room we got the big open concept plays and he mm -hmm. was like, mommy, it's okay. You don't have to cry. And she's like, I know baby. And I was so like broken that I couldn't even be like, it's me, buddy. It's not your mom. Because I was so like, I was just like, <laughs> but I mean, it's the thing is, is I, I don't think that I think that people unfortunately have the ability to not watch and turn it off. Yeah. And well, I'm not going to push play and turn their backs on the shit to where yeah. I feel like force feeding motherfuckers some of this shit would probably do a lot of us some good but yeah who am i i, I only do it on the camera <laughs> I, they don't no. let me legally force people to do things <laughs> but it's been tough and it's the same thing and it's hard because like with all of the emotional stuff take COVID away 
and just look mm-hmm. at what's going on with our industry and more importantly what's going on in this world with like Black Lives Matter. And this yeah. is so fucking intense and to not be able to embrace people and because it's that mm-hmm. with this going on, you want to be there and you like you were talking about the when you went out to protest and you're there in the moment, but then there's that I the mental exhaustion that's happening, the the wanting to be yeah. even sitting in a room and holding someone for whatever, it's not there. So there's none of this relief that comes because it's fucking mm-hmm. COVID shit and these fuck fuck you motherfuckers for not wearing masks. Yeah. And it drives me crazy. I keep seeing so many, and I'm sure you've probably seen them too, these people that like, well, I'm not going to wear a mask. There's a place out here <clears throat> that <laughs> someone posted a sign. They put a sign on their door and said, masks are not allowed in here. You have to remove your mask to come in this business. One of the local lawyers proved to me, and it, the, one of the local lawyers commented up below the post and said, prove to me that this is really on a place in Las Vegas. Send me the address. I'll handle it from here. Like He's like, I will go after this motherfucker. Fuck yeah. So I was That's like, not, good. Oh, I, I don't know how, I don't, I just can't understand that way of thinking at all and entirely. Like it, it's so hard to even empathize with because there's so many people that could be at risk if you're actually endorsing something like that or enforcing something like that rather. Right. It's, it's insane to me. But yeah, you know, this I isn't mean, the first time it happened. Do you know in, in uh, 1918, about a hundred years ago, when uh, the massive influenza first started rearing its head and it was sa- same thing. It was a massive pandemic. There was mm-hmm. a, there even then, and I think it was 1919 or 1920, it was s- like sneaking up towards the end of it where they're like, we have to start doing this. And mm-hmm. there was the same thing. There was this huge amount of people that were like, why are you can't, you're, you're fucking with our rights. You can't take away our rights. You're making us do things. that's not fair. This isn't American. It's like, quit being selfish. fuckheads. Because most of the people I feel like that aren't wearing, that are refusing to wear the mask are the same people that are doing the all lives matter. And to me, I'm like, well, if all lives matter, bitch, put your fucking mask on. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. just saying, (laughs) I'm, I'm, I go from being like sad and, and overwhelmed and feeling hopeless or not hopeless, but helpless in certain situations to where I'm so fucking mad that I'm like, just bring them to me. Give me a free pass to let me do what I do, and I'll help fix some of these fuckers. I feel you. Oh, my God. I I channeled a lot of that, like, anger and frustration at first into family members that were Trump supporters or um, kind of demonizing um, protesters when protests were, like, first beginning. And there there were some riots that were happening, and there was some looting that were happening, but, like... And everyone can form their own opinion about that. Personally, I'm like, well, you look, I I remember, oh gosh, Trevor Noah said that the, the societal contract is broken. And when the societal contract is broken, as far as like, you know, everybody being taken care of and, and, and living within a society where we're all equal and, and have equal rights and such, and don't have to face this kind of I mean, injustice and oppression, Um, like when that's broken, what do you think is going to happen? These societal rules that we all follow as far as, um, you know, not looting, not not destroying shit, you know, that that's that's out the window because people are fed up and they're being murdered and they've been oppressed for for hundreds of years. It's, It's not it's it's. I mean, that's, that's out the window, but anyways, I kind of went on a tangent. Um, I, I took all that out on family members because 
I, you know, they're the closest to me and they're the only people that I can feel, I feel like I can actually try to educate. And I was sending them articles and videos and as much information as I possibly could and having these open dialogues. And it was so frustrating. I felt like I was just throwing all of this information at a wall that just was, it's just splat. Right and it wouldn't down stick. Yeah. And none of it sticks. And, yeah. But, you know, it, it felt good just to try. And I think that those are the hard conversations that we need to have. And, um, you know, obviously within our own ability and our own mental health realm, but it's, it's necessary. And it helped me feel like I was doing something when I couldn't be at the protest because I would, I would be at a protest and then I'd take a day off and then I'd be at a protest and then I'd take a day off because I needed to wind down after all of that. Right. Um, and like almost being arrested is scary. Like I had a situation where I went to a peaceful protest and um, they started kettling everybody in from all ends and not letting people leave. And this is like an hour away from quarantine, not quarantine, I'm sorry, lockdown or, or curfew. Gosh, that's right, right, the word. Right. I was following <laughs> um, you, but I'm like, I don't know what you were doing. <laughs> <laughs> we we um we were trying to leave an hour before um curfew and the police were not letting us leave on all angles of the protest and it was i mean basically unlawfully holding restraining everyone. yeah yeah and um i had like my camera my phone up and i was like asking every police officer in that line locking us up, why can't you let us by? And they said, you can go the other way. And I said, we've been the other way. There's there's no way through. All the cops are saying we need to stay. Like, why will you not let us leave? And these cops looked terrified. They looked like they didn't want to be there. They looked absolutely mortified with the fact that they had to do this. They're just following orders. They don't even understand what's happening. And eventually somebody broke out into a fight like along the side and we had like a space to run and we all ran, but you know, <laughs> had, had that not happened, had we not had an opportunity to get away, they would have kept us all there until, um, curfew, curfew. and arrested us. Right. Yeah. I've heard so many things from different people that there was this, the same kind of activity and it was shit that you don't hear about. The news isn't going to report it. You know, there was the, the, there's the, um, when you asked, there was the one, there was a CNN reporter, and of course, he was a person of color, um, mm -hmm. and he. I don't know if you, you, with all the shit that's going on, if you saw or even remember this, but he got arrested, and he's like, "I just, your guys over there just told me," and they were like, "Sir, we're just following." He's like, "Why are you doing this?" I'm seeing he's showing them, and he, they were like, "Sir, we're just yeah. following orders," and he's like, "Whose orders?" They're like, "Sir, we're just following orders," and he was compliant, but they didn't realize that the fucking camera guy, camera person, fucking rolled the entire time, and his mic mm -hmm. was still active the entire time. Mm -hmm. So it's just crazy to me, all of the shit that goes on and people are this one-sided media bullshit that's like, oh, well, this is happening. They're doing this and they're doing that. Well, what the fuck are the cops doing? And to hear another story mm -hmm. of, oh, we locked down an entire perimeter and didn't allow anyone to leave until curfew so we could lock their asses up because now they were all breaking the yep. law. Yep. Plus the shit that came out of that fucking asshole Cheeto in charge that we have for, that they call a president. That motherfucker <laughs> looks like it's going to be political today, motherfuckers. Yeah, Sorry, I'm talking on the other camera. <laughs> just, <laughs> it's, it's like I just I'm I'm so I don't know what I am. I'm 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 learning restraint. I'm learning to watch what I say because there are certain things and there's ears 
the computers and the phones all around us. And I'm sure too many words combined at the same time repetitively, repetitively would probably have someone knocking on my door that I don't care to come knocking on my door. So I totally understand. But I'm, I'm at a point right now where it's like this is such a huge pivotal point as from my standpoint and looking at what's going on in this country and that the crap that has happened politically, the crap, the, 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 where we are with COVID. Let's start with that. The, where we are with COVID is because this fuckface decided that he wasn't, well, he suggested, but I'm not going to wear it and you don't need to either. Fuck you. There's number one. There's where you started fucking up. And now you've got mm-hmm. this, the, the allegiance of all of your fucking droogies who think that daddy's mm-hmm. right. And daddy says that we don't have to wear a mask and it's unconstitutional. And to this day, like I said, I saw, I read something um, either today or yesterday that's talking about in the White House, where this fuckhead is, there are like six stages of like different things that you have to go to to get even close to him. Six different processes that you have to go through to get to him and on top of social distancing and all that shit. And he's walking mm-hmm. around saying, well, I don't Nope, just do what you want. You're an asshole. There's six degrees of separation to the, like, not even through people, but you see what I'm saying? Six different steps you have to go through to get in, get in contact within his realm. And he's telling everybody, don't worry about it. Fucker, if there's, if it takes that much to get to you to just as a person who's trusted already and has clearance, they have to go through six different steps. And you're telling the American people it's not that big of a deal. You're an asshat and need to be removed. It's, there's, there's so many reasons why this, this, man child should not be in office so many but yeah it's it's outrageous it's it's so upsetting there's so many things that have made my blood boil over the last few months alone i mean last few years of course politically but like (laughs) just this year i i i cannot believe what we are being faced with and it's so funny to say and i i mean maybe not funny but um, all the hippies when 2020 was coming around, you're like, oh, 2020, it's going to be the year the veil is lifted. You're everybody's going to see everything for what it is. And, you know, we can all laugh at that, but <laughs> the hell's happening right now. Yeah. Like, yeah, the veil is being lifted. People are forced to look at our world and for what it is right now and take responsibility for their actions and understand that we have a role to play in changing this world that we live in. Right. And that's so important. So. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's something's going to give, I mean, it's, it, there's so much tension right now that something has mm-hmm. to give, something's going to give. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I tell everybody, you know, and I've got a, I've, I'm, I go on Facebook and I, Facebook's the only place I kind of interact on more of a real me level, but the rest of it's me mm-hmm. being the dirty old man online and stuff being the character. <laughs> and I posted something. It was about mask and it was about this responsibility of like, this is the reason I wear a mask and this is, and it's because, and it's not because I'm weak. It's not because I'm falling for this. It's not. And it's all of these things. And a friend of mine <clears throat> that grew up down the street from me, who mm-hmm. he's a homesteader, always been a cool kid. Um, he went on there and he was like, Hey, guess what? I don't agree with a fucking thing that's in this post, but I respect you as a person. I've always loved you as a brother and blah. And he's like, look, we can still get along and we don't have to. And he kind of turned the post more into just because we don't get along or don't agree. Doesn't mean we still can't be friends. And yeah. I'm so, and in, in, in my head, I was first, I was like, but you just said you don't agree with this. But then I was like, you know what? I respect the fact that he was 
one, honest enough to say something that to me, I had just basically said, makes you sound ignorant. And he said, that's the way mm -hmm. he felt. And that mm -hmm. he put in there, he was like, just because I don't see eye to eye with you doesn't mean that I'm no, I'm any less of a person than I was before I made that statement. So I've mm -hmm. been going through this kind of weird dilemma too, of having people who put shit on Facebook. And I'm like, you know, better, you know, how fucking stupid that sounds. And the reason yeah. you're putting it up is because you're trying to push people's buttons, but mm -hmm. I just kind of refuse. It's the same reason that, you know, a, a while back on Facebook, I think on Facebook again, there was this, um, someone posted like a link. And if you click the link, it would show you all your friends that you needed to stop following or mm. excuse me, to unfriend because they were Trump supporters. What it was doing is it wasn't a Trump supporter. It was that they followed or liked the Trump page. I uh -huh. follow Donald Trump on Twitter. I, it's the train wrecks. It's the enemies closer kind of thing. It's, I don't yeah. like him. I don't, I wouldn't shit in his mouth if he was starving to death, but mm -hmm. I want to see this fucking clown and what he's doing. So I can at least stay up to date on it rather than having it third party hearsay bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. But to, to the right person, it's like, well, if you're following him, you must be a supporter. And it's like, no, that's not necessarily like a lot of people. I can tell you right now, Chuck D from public enemy. I follow him. He also follows Trump. I guarantee you he's not a fan. Michael Rappaport, no. if you've ever watched any of his shit, he actually calls him Dick Stain Donnie, which I love. Michael, I'm talking about you if you ever watch, homie. Um, <laughs> like, it, it, there's, so there's these people who outright hate this person and still follow him. So to have a, have a link that says this is the type of people that you should that support him, it's not, this, it's not the same. So that's no. my two cents on that. Yeah. It's just the way that's, they're just no, the divide. I, I avoid Facebook like the plague personally it's it's a war zone to me um that i'm just not willing to subject myself to because my family is is quite split unfortunately and um i have went down that road i have i have tried to sit and have conversations like i had a family member post some super insensitive photo of ilhan omar laughing in at the image of the twin towers burning and i was floored right. i could not believe it i sat and and um typed out this super long thing about how like hurtful and hateful that is and how ignorant it is and how it's not that hard to just like sit and educate yourself a little bit about something um before you start projecting sh shit like that onto the internet and at the end of all of it, my family member was just like, well, you're wrong. Even though I had all of these facts, even though I right. had all of this, this information and I came from a place of love and compassion and was just trying to help them understand, um, how painful that is to or not just painful, but just you're putting out so much negativity and it's just not, I don't didn't go anywhere. And ever since that, I've just been like, okay, I need to step away. I will have the conversations with the people who want to learn, who are curious, who, who have, you know, at least an interest in having a conversation because there are people out there who yeah have very differing opinions, but are like, all right, let me hear your perspective. Like, right. or at least just like wanting to have some sort of civil discourse and that's productive. Whereas again, talking at a wall where it's just hitting the wall, splatting and then right. sliding down. It's no. And I say, I'd say this a lot. I've had, cause I debate with people and, and I've been around a few who are, 
I won't say less than, but they were argumentative in a way, and they thought that they were so much writer than I was, and mm. not as a supporting the Cheeto, but in that they were more woke than I was. Oh, boy. And I was like, because he was younger, he's a hip kid, and he was saying some of these things to me, and I kind of looked at him, and I was like, you know, the stuff that you're saying, you're as bad as these fuckers on this side because you're so far this way that you don't want to hear anybody. I was like, where I sit, and I'll be the first one to say, the first time I saw the whole thing about Cap taking a knee, I'm like, well, that's a disrespectful little fucker. But I figured out why he was doing it, and I started learning about it and paying attention. And I knew about police brutality. I've known about it. I was fucking around when um, the Rodney King thing happened in the 90s, and God knows how much has happened prior to that. So I'm very privy to that. But I was Mm -hmm. like, at my first initial reaction was, Dude, why are you disrespecting the flag? But then I started looking at me as much as I was him, why he was doing it, and the fact that he took a knee instead of sitting. And the reason he took a knee was because of a veteran telling him these things. And there was so much that went into why he did it Mm -hmm. that I suddenly, listen up, fuckers, I changed. My entire perspective of Kaepernick changed. I still don't think he's the greatest football player that he thinks he is. And I, but the fact that, I thought one way and now I feel differently and I now try and explain it to people on a level because I came from a place and I didn't hate him. I didn't say fuck that guy. I just was like, well, kind of, I just, I thought he was going about it the wrong way until I started paying attention. I was like, well, but who am I to say you can't protest the way you want to protest? And there's that mm-hmm. thing that's going around. It's like, well, you need a peaceful protest. And it's like, like this and it's cap or it's like this. And there's all these different examples. And everyone's like, no, 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 no. And that's where the, the rioting came from. And most of the fucking yeah. people that were really protesting weren't the ones doing the rioting anyway. That's a whole other podcast. That's totally true. Yeah. But so it it's, was this, the point of that is, is that if you can sit there and, sorry, my dog I'm trying to quiet her. Oh, I don't know if you okay. could even hear it. Um, anyway, it's the, if I can change and I'm a very, everyone just around me knows I'm opinionated as fuck. I, I got an opinion about everything. And if I can Mm -hmm. go and I'm passionate and if I can take and be that opinionated about something and then switch it and take the time to learn and evolve and become a better human, then I feel like anybody can, because it's, it's, it's not that hard to put in the effort. The hard part's being a fucking hard headed fucker, but that's my opinion. I don't know. That's what do I know? No, I agree. I agree. It's, I, I do think it's, it's, it's hard to admit that you're essentially wrong Wrong. or that you're coming from a place of ignorance about something. Um, And I think the most respectable thing somebody can do is admit that they have something to learn because it's, that's, that's what life is about. And for some reason with this social, um, I don't know, just society, the way it's set up, it seems to be so difficult for so many people to do that, but it's, it's, so important how else are we going to progress as a species as a society as you know people i don't you know we we have to accept that there is more that's exactly then what's in our little bubble the little bubble that each one of us have (laughs) as an individual there's more to that and the sooner Mm -hmm. people start paying attention to that and start opening up and going all right let me see why anybody is that mad or that passionate about this? Why are they doing it? And put the effort into trying to educate yourself rather than sticking to your guns and going, well, fuck him or fuck her or whatever. 
But it's again, it's something that I don't think I have. Oh, I don't have the right shirt on. I usually have one that says ego kills talent, but ego, like mm-hmm. ego in general kills everything, I think. And it's being, yeah. especially the way what we're talking about today is people that have these egos that think they know so fucking much and that you can't tell them anything. And it's like, you're, you're the problem. Like instead of yeah. sitting back and, and I, I've done it. And I feel like this first, as soon as you stop evolving as a human is when you become that person that is full of hate or is full of anger or yeah. is full of ignorance because they're like, well, no. And they stand yeah. their ground and there's like, that's not the way. And as soon as you stop doing that, you stop, you stop being a good human. I'll say it. Yeah. Yeah, completely. That's what humanity is about. We are evolving continuously. That's if you're not welcoming change or growth in your life, you're not, being a good human I'll say it too yeah, yeah. I, I I'm definitely nowhere near perfect I'm sure what most people feel that way about themselves and I think it's important to recognize when we make mistakes and own up to them and learn and try to change I I have plenty that I need to learn about life and just how to be a better ally to people who have been oppressed for so long I know that I've been part of the problem at points in my life and I don't have a problem with admitting that because if I don't admit that fact, then I don't acknowledge the pain and suffering that all of these people have endured throughout their, their generations. And, you know, being able to ignore the oppression and pain of a people is privilege that is white privilege that it exists yeah and i hear people that's 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 a kind of a good part too the thing that that people there's this well i grew up poor and i grew up this way and where was my white privilege i can tell you you know how i can tell you because i grew up poor i also grew up as a kid with dreadlocks down to my ass don't judge me motherfuckers there's plenty of people that white boys shouldn't have dreads but again that's another podcast but so I, but I, I had an appearance. I had the big, I basically looked like fucking a young version of Rob Zombie walking around. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got into a lot of trouble and I did a lot of stupid shit that sometimes warranted the trouble I got in, sometimes not. But because of my appearance, I got harassed on a regular basis. I never got beat. I had my hands in cuffs. I've been taken in a couple of times, but I never got beat. I never had the shit that happens to most black people in America. And I still, to this day, being someone who was arrested, who got profiled because it was a small town guy and, or a small town looking like somebody who did not belong there, mm-hmm. all of those things and not having money. And I still acknowledge that there's privilege. So if to anybody that's like, well, you didn't, you this and that, and that's not how, where's the privilege there? It's like, see, the fact is you're still ignorant. Because if you think just because you don't, privilege doesn't mean that you were raised rich and you had everything you want. Privilege means that you've got a better chance than anyone else because of the color of your skin, period. Yep. That's it. That's, that's, that's the it. only fucking thing. The only mm-hmm. thing. And that's what people don't get. They're like, you know, there's all of these an- analogies about, well, it's not pie and it's not this. At the end of the day, it's simple that you have a better advantage at anything because of the color of your skin, mm-hmm. period. So Exactly. Exactly. Um, to lighten the mood a little bit, because <laughs> we're getting like super deep, um, which yeah. I don't mind. 
But to lighten mm-hmm. the mood, I have to ask because one, you have a beautiful room. Um, two, are your windows open? Are those birds I hear tweeting? I don't have my windows open, but you can hear the birds. I have super loud birds everywhere to the point where they're like tweeting at like 3 a.m. in the morning and waking me up. It's it's insane. Oh, I was going to say because it's got to be a lot nicer over there um, than it is over here. Actually, I take that back. Today, we're only going to have a high of like 89 in Vegas. It's been like at 110 up until yesterday. And then it's going to oh. be back up to 110 by this weekend. So, oh, but that's boy. why I kept hearing the birds and I was like, it's almost like this magical Disney story that we're having because you keep hearing the birds chirping in the background. Um, I love so let's see. I had one note that I was going to talk to you about. Oh, skating. Let's talk about this now that we're face to face. Let's talk about this because our friend, Mr. Owen Gray posted a thing mm-hmm. on one of his social media platforms about him skating and how it's been 20 years and it's scarier now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we, at the, let me rewind to this. At the very beginning of the, uh, the pandemic, when it started, we were in the process of buying a house. We mm-hmm. went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Are we really going to do this? Cause we've waited our entire lives to buy our first home. And now that we found the perfect home, the world's shutting down. Is this the smartest yeah. thing? We decided to be smart. We looked at our money we analyzed everything and said, let's go through with it. But we have to be smart about how we you know, do the money. We suddenly became very fixed income ish, which I think a lot of people Mm -hmm. did. Yeah. So once we got over here, we, there's no way to go meet new people. You don't go hang out with them because everyone's on lockdown. So Mm -hmm. my wife used to do rollerblading when she lived in Mm -hmm. LA, she'd go to Venice beach and down the boardwalk and all that shit. So she's (laughs) like, um, telling our kids, she was like rollerblading is a lot like ice skating because he just, (laughs) he just started taking ice skating lessons and The shutdown happened because he's a huge, we took him to his first hockey game and he's a fucking fanatic now. Like that's all he talks about is hockey. (laughs) So she convinced him and I to get rollerblades. That's awesome. I've never been on rollerblades and they showed up and it took forever to even find it because I wear a size 13. They don't just have those Mm -hmm. laying around. So we finally found them. They showed up. I put them on. And when I stood up, I thought I was going to die. Like my ass clenched up so fucking tight. And I was like, oh, God. And I was like, and I sat down immediately and I was like, I can't do this. We got to send them back. And she was like, babe, you don't even, you barely tried. I was like, I know me. And then before I could finish the sentence, the, my little person is like, daddy, you told me quitters never win. I was like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm not quitting. I'm knowing my limits. So I skated for years. I did the half pipe. I wasn't great. I could do the half pipe at one point, but it was nothing like this crazy Tony Hawk shit. Um, I did a lot of street ramp and just kind of just, I was a skater, period. And I was like, but I, I want to get a board. So I went online and was like, I'm not going to try and piece one together and do all this shit. So I found one coincidentally that was, um, have you ever heard of the old school punk band Bad Brains? I have not. Okay. Well, it's old school. They're from DC. Um, Mm -hmm. And they actually, there's a skateboard out that's made by uh, one of the companies and you can actually buy the board, the, uh, the trucks, the the wheels, like mm-hmm. the entire, it's a, it's a completed, ready to go out of the box board. And I was like, I love bad mm-hmm. brains. I love to skate. Yeah. So I ended up ordering that. And when I first got it, I was like the, the kid who you can tell had just started skating. Like they barely stand up on the, like I would stand up, but I would have this, like the quick pat with my foot to kind of keep my balance oh, yeah. to where oh, now yeah. I'm whizzing up and down the street and I'm like doing the lean. Yes. So when I saw that long story, circle back around to this, when I saw that Owen 
had posted something about it. I was like, oh shit, this would be cool. And then you got on board with it. And then actually Christian Wild got on there and I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we get back to shooting. I think I got an idea for some shit. <laughs> Hell yes. Hell yes. I've done one skating scene and I only skated for like two minutes. And I was very upset that I didn't get more time, but <laughs> <laughs> I love skateboarding. I've been skateboarding since I was um, a young teen I'm not spectacular or anything. I landed an ollie one time in my entire life. I'm not trying to be a trick skater. I'm just a cruise, a cruiser. Right. Um, but it's it's very liberating. It's one thing that I've really loved um, doing during quarantine is I just grab my board and go skate around the neighborhood just to get a breath of fresh air and get my blood pumping. So that's been nice. Um, yeah, I've... I missed skating. I just got a new board, so that's been fun. What kind of board did you get? <laughs> um, I got a Sector 9 Cruiser. I think it's it's like a Cruiser. Yeah, it's a Cruiser. <laughs> okay. So yeah. yours is one of those that's like the longer, like the ones you see on the boardwalk down at Venice in Santa Barbara. Or not Santa Barbara, Santa Monica. Yeah. Okay. It's like a mid-sized one. Okay. Because yeah. mm-hmm. I think if I, if I saw right, Owens is like kind of the more modern what we used to call freestyle boards when I was, a, mm-hmm. when I was coming up. Um, yeah. And I'm actually riding one of the old school fat boards because I've got, like, okay. again, I wear size 13. If you put me on a freestyle board, the board's like this. And then here's my foot. Like there's, <laughs> I just, everything's hanging off and I can't like, it's not sustainable. And my feet even hang off the side of my board now. And I think mine's like nine and a half, nine and three quarter wide or something like a team. It's close to 10 inches in a freestyle board. It's like a seven, seven and a half. So I was like, <laughs> no, I need a, I need a big board. So, um, let's see what else. Let's talk about what are you doing? What let's talk about, since we've been seeing the other political stuff, what's going on in the real world. Mm-hmm. Um, what about our world, our industry right now? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because there has been, for, I don't know when this is going to air because I've been lazy and haven't been putting these up once a week. Um, but this will probably go up sooner than later. Is that mm-hmm. we, um, Ron Jeremy and his little skanky ass just got, I don't think he's been convicted. The charges have been brought. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a $6.6 million ba- bail bond. Um, yeah. that If that mm-hmm. doesn't say they fucking hate you right now, 6.6, that's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's happening. There's a lot of people that have been, uh, there's been a lot of accusations online. There have mm-hmm. been, um, there's been, um, what are they called? The things that they, everyone signs to make things happen. What is it called? Petitions. Thank you. My brain's like, what is that piece of paper? There's been petitions that have, that have circulated that have, have started making change. We've had people removed from the industry. They've been removed from mm-hmm. Pornhub even, which mm-hmm. says a lot because Pornhub has rape videos fuckers yeah so yeah. yeah there's but the thing is that the change is happening right now um and a lot of people and i don't know exactly where your stance is and again this can be something how depending on how much you want to talk about um yeah. there are some people who have come straight out and said i'm done i'll make my own content but i'm fucking done yeah i i have um made a statement that i don't have interest in shooting with studios and I did I did say that I, I would go back and shoot scenes that I've I've had booked prior to COVID and um, for rescheduling and, and 
to be honest, I would work with select studios, but yeah, I, I'm very sick and tired of what I'm seeing. I mean, I've been very vocal about the experiences that I've had with people on set. Um, and you know, I've, I've outed a few people myself as, as abusers and it's, it's, it's really hard to hope and think for, I don't know, I've, I mean, I've been in porn for over four years and it's hard to think like, okay, I feel like I, I've had some bad experiences, but I've had mostly good experiences. And I think to myself, like, I hope other people haven't had these bad experiences that I've had. And then to learn that pretty much almost everybody has had these bad experiences too, just breaks my heart. And um, it's not how it should be. And I, I really am glad that people are coming forward and, and sharing their stories and outing these people so we can get them the fuck out of the industry. But it's also really hard to witness so many people victim blaming as well as just attempting to discredit people and, and, um, siding with abusers. It's insane to like personally know people who have spoken out against someone and then backtrack. I, I mean, it's not like public, but I know people personally who've shared stories and then turn around and stand by that same person. And it's just insane to see this clusterfuck of, of just, you know, calling people out and, and witnessing so many people that I thought I could trust and so many people that I worked with, worked closely with and really admired being outed. And like, like that's, that's something that I never expected to experience in this industry because again, I've had mostly positive experiences, but you know, it's, it's necessary, but it's still heartbreaking. I don't know. I don't, it's hard to like, it's hard to like have, I don't, I don't really have opinions and thoughts about specific people and their experiences because I'd never want to victim blame or invalidate somebody's experience. I want everybody to be able to vocalize and speak out against people who have abused them and who have taken advantage of their power. And I'm never going to do anything to um, get in the middle of their voice and sharing that story. Um, And I know a lot of people are getting on social media and picking sides for a lot of things. And I don't, that's just mind boggling to me. I don't know. I feel like it's one of, it's a very, to me, this is the situation where is if you don't have anything nice to say, then just shut the fuck up. Like if you weren't there and you don't know, then shut up. And if yeah. that person has jumped on a band, bandwagon, so to speak, and they, and unfortunately this has happened several times, not just this round, but there were times back when there were rape allegations and it went from, there were, there were people that stepped up and said, that's also happened to me to suddenly they went to, um, uh, well, it wasn't really this, uh, and like you said, it's backpedaling and you don't want to take away from anyone because it's not my story or your story to tell or yeah. take away from. But when yeah. you see it becoming more of a bandwagon thing to try and let's get rid of them or I never liked him anyway or her yeah. because there's both. Yeah. Um, and then 
it kind of dilutes it for lack of a better term. And that sucks because it's, there's a lot of really good change that's happening. And it's at the expense of the abusers, which I've never made, you know, I've never made it a secret on my, my podcast that I like, I know that this industry is fucked up and I know that there's a lot of motherfuckers and I've never called names um, Mm -hmm. because I've never been specifically in the room. But when I've got five girls that come to me that I trust with anything and they all have the exact same fucking story at different instances, it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck. It's probably a fucking duck. Yeah, exactly. It's I'm trying to find words. I'm trying to like figure out how to even reflect on what's happening because personally, like scrolling through social media and like reading a lot of these stories have been it's it's been really triggering for me because I'm I've experienced things on set. I've experienced things offset. I've been taken advantage of. And it's really awful that I've had those experiences. And But but it's also just as awful that everybody else has had, or not everybody, but, but these people have had these experiences. And I, I don't want to turn a blind eye, just like everything with the Black Lives Matter movement. Like, I, I don't want to turn a blind eye. I want to be present. I want to be aware of everything that's happening. And I want to make sure that these people are held accountable, these police are held accountable, um, the system is held accountable. Um, and But then there comes a point where for my own mental health, I've had to just like ignore Twitter as a whole for a number of days. And um, yeah, it's, it's just kind of it's like it's like Twitter has like landmines here and there for me and my men- mental health and I'm having to like navigate you know all of this just I mean it's just sad shit it's just awful right and also try to be present in that like I was asked to be a part of a performer panel to um, try to come up with ways to solve this problem. And I wanted very much to be a part of it, but it was right at the heat of, you know, the peak of everything where, where I feel like so many people were coming out with so many stories and I was just a complete mess reading everything. Right. So it's, it's been, personally for me just really hard to figure out how to be present and like be a part of all of that when I've also just had my own experiences. So it's tough. So anyway, going to what you were just saying. Um, so one of the things that I saw while, um, since this is because there's so much, there's so much bad, but then there's a lot of good stuff that's been floating around. And one of the things was that you should find your lane at the moment, I don't know if you saw this thing, where it was mm-hmm. if you, during anything, especially, we'll use the protest because that's what we've been kind of talking about, or even what you were just talking about, is there is a lane to stand up and make an accusation. Then there's the lane mm-hmm. to stand beside that person and support them. And then there's the lane that says, well, I'm no, I haven't been part of this and I don't know what to do, but I'm going to support them from afar and I'm going to start doing something I'm going to donate. I'm going to, so it's all of these different lanes that are all going in the same direction, mm-hmm. but it was finding a lane. And one of those lanes is cause it's just sectioned off in like a, like a 10 lane freeway. And one mm-hmm. of them was self care 
And sometimes the yeah. best you can do to contribute to what's happening is take care of yourself first. And then you start moving over to the faster lane. And it was a really good analogy because it is sometimes it's you can do all of these other things. And there's times that you just need to get all the way over and just take care of you. And then you can start getting back in the race. But as long as you're all of the lanes are headed in the right direction or in the same direction, that's all that really matters. I think I love that. I love that. Yeah, no, that's a great perspective. I think that's important to remember because I mean, there's times where I've definitely felt helpless with everything. Right. I, there were moments where, you know, I tweeted, I'm like, I'm going to share my stories and I want to be a part of this. But then as time has gone on, I just haven't found the right time or right. had the, you know, the drive or, you know, I mean, I've spoken out about a number of things that I've experienced and um, I'm glad to see that there have been some changes made. Most of the people that I've had bad experiences with in this industry are no longer a part of the industry. So that, that, that makes me feel good. So I, a part of me doesn't like, feels like I don't even necessarily need to speak out against those experiences, but, um, or those people rather, but I will, I, there's one particular thing that I'll never forget. Um, I had a homeowner who also was a part-time performer. Um, He was hired as a performer for a company to work with me. And after we shot our scene, he kept like touching me and grabbing on me. And I was like, okay, maybe he doesn't shoot very often. He doesn't understand that like, just because we shot a scene, like it doesn't mean that I'm, that he's entitled to me and I'm entitled to him afterwards. So I, I kept like, giving myself space from him. And I asked him like, Oh, I'd like to shower off after the scene. And, um, he said, Oh, the only shower that works is in the back house, which is a house completely separate from where we were shooting. Um, yeah, already I'm like, "Mm," but whatever. I just didn't think anything of it. I just wanted to shower and pack my bag and go. And I went to the back house and then he came in with me. He's like, Oh, it's a tricky shower. And he goes and turns it on. And then he gets into the shower and I was like, okay. Um, and I went and just started packing my bag and was like, okay, I'll shower at home because this guy seems to think that something's going to happen and it's not. And he came out and he's like, you're not coming into the shower. And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm going to go. And he like came up behind me, was like grabbing me and like trying, like kept saying like, we can just fuck real quick and all this stuff. And I was just kept telling him, no, 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 no. I probably said no a total of like at least four times. And I, I kept using different reasons. I was like, oh, I'm in a monogamous relationship. I just shoot with people. I don't do anything outside of that. Couldn't, he was like, oh, well, he's, he's in porn, right? So it's fine. He's right. not going to care. And I, I just tried every ex- like excuse, every reason. And finally he backed off after it was like made very clear that I was super uncomfortable, even though it, it should have been clear enough after the first time. Right. Uh, and I packed my bag and I left and another instance, I was booked to work on another location of his and he came into the room and like, said hello. And I, I was like, okay, I'll be cordial. I gave him a hug. I asked him how he was. He sat down next to me and like slid his hand in between my legs and was trying to like rub up on me. And I was in such shock with this that 
my brain, the only way I could justify or not even justify, but just make sense of what just happened because it's not justified in any means right. um, was, oh, did my male talent cancel and he's replacing the guy today? Like that was the only thing that made sense to me. I'm like, he's the homeowner. Why is he touching me? And then I told the um, photographer and he kicked him off set and like screamed at him and all this stuff. But anyways, those are my experiences with this person. His name is Mikey Flowers. I don't have a problem with, I've already spoken out about it. Um, but um, not to be confused with Mike Flowers. Mike Flowers is a good friend of mine. Mikey Flowers is Trash. the one that we're talking about. Um, but basically, after all of that, after all those experiences that I've had, um, I posted about it on Twitter. I shared that story. Other girls were coming from left and right people who've left the industry, you know, who were involved 10 years ago, um, were commenting on my post sharing that they had also had experiences with the same guy. A, a woman even told me that he was, you know, forcing her to sleep with him in exchange for rent and all this stuff. It was, it's just all these awful, awful stories and, um, stories of just him coming on to girls and take, not taking no for an answer and, um, then after all of that and like me making public that I've had these experiences and other girls have, I remember a company tried to book me at his location and I had it on my no list and, um, they didn't give me the location until the day before as a lot of studios right. don't give that information. Mm -hmm. Um, and as soon as I got the information, I, I text the, the booker and I was like, hey, I'm sorry, but I cannot do this shoot. I will not be on his location. And um, she was like, well, he's not even going to be there. So what what's the big deal kind of thing? And I was like, well, to be quite honest, I don't really want to work on a set with people who are giving money to this person and continuing to like keep him in business when it's known that he's a predator. Like I, I, it doesn't sit well with me and my morals and it's just, you know, I, obviously I had a really awful experience with this person. I know many other girls have had an awful experience with this person. Why the hell are you continuing to support him? Is it because he has a cheap location? Like there's plenty of locations. Why? Yeah. And she had the audacity to basically say, um, well, if you want to walk out on X amount of dollars, what I was making, um, you're letting him win. Trying to manipulate me and guilt me right. into showing up. And well, the, the fact <clears throat> that there are, yeah, the fact that there are people in this industry who have like willingly and open openly enabled people is probably the biggest issue that we have. There right. are so many people that are well aware of the shit that goes on and they just sit there and They're they just, let it happen. Yeah, they watch it happen. They, which to me, it's it's the same thing. Going back to the to the BLM, is that you know the silence is violence. Like if you sit there and allow it, then you're perpetuating it. You are you're making it okay by you not saying anything and and <laughs> preventing this. And again, it's it's 
everybody's got a lane to be in at the time to do this kind of stuff. And it's because I say that because I'm sure somebody's like, well, JP, you talk about this shit all the time and you don't say, you don't call anybody's name. It's not my place to call a name on someone else's experience. But what I can guarantee mm-hmm. you is they will never set foot on my set. I will never mm-hmm. give them, as you said, a fucking single penny. And mm-hmm. if ever confronted, I'll look them in the eye and be like, you're fucking right. I think you're a piece of shit. And then I'll tell them yeah. why I think they're a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And I will tell other people without a microphone mm-hmm. in front of me, I will say, Hey, and they say, I've had a bad, I've heard bad things about this person. I'll come and say, well, I too have heard X, Y, and Z, but it's only mm-hmm. hearsay, but it at least helps them understand that it's not just that one person who may or may not be trying to convince you to shoot or not to shoot with this person, because here's more mm-hmm. stuff that I've heard and I don't have a fucking pony in the race. I'm just here mm-hmm. to say, to help validate what's going on or not validate rather to, to, hopefully save someone from having to go through the same experience because there's a lot of people, um, mostly female who are in our industry who, and I say this all the time, who feel that they have to, because well, what if I don't get hired again? And what are they, yeah. what if they tell my agent? And we, I think are at this pivotal moment right now in our industry where there's this shift that has happened. The good thing that we have going right now is that the models all have this format, you know, girls, boys, trans, everyone now has this format that they can make their own content. They have this platform that they can do their own shit. So they can now control the way things are going to start moving forward. Mm -hmm. So if enough people, performers in this industry say, I don't like JP because JP doesn't respect consent and JP, and I'm, you know, obviously being silly, but like, for an example, if there's this person that everyone kind of tends to agree or the majority agrees, it is a bag of shit. Then Mm -hmm. they can say, guess what? Agent, Guess what? Other people get rid of them or you don't get me anymore. And you yep. suddenly have more power, which it's kind of always should have been, but yeah. you now have more power than anything else. Cause I can tell you right now, if Hollywood were going to do a movie and say they were going to bring out Tom Hanks and Tom Hanks was going to be their leading person, just like me, you sit down and you have an idea for a movie. So you're like, I'm, I have an idea of who I want to play this part, especially as a, the writer also. Mm-hmm. And then you have to sit down and think, how much is this going to cost me? Let me think, take into consideration their rate and then what I'm going to ask of them. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, all of these things have to come into consideration. And if I want you bad enough, then I'm going to be willing to, okay, we'll make sure that every day for breakfast she gets sausage and egg biscuit from McDonald's because that's what she wants. Even though it's 20 <laughs> miles away, someone's going to go get her. Mm-hmm. And it's the little things to accommodate. And it's, and I say this often is, is there's a difference between treating someone like a diva and treating someone with respect. Mm-hmm. And if it's something as simple as this is what makes you happy and it was part of what we agreed on, then we're going to make it happen. Mm-hmm. But if we agreed that to get Kristen on our set, we have to display consent at all times, be aware that consent can change at any mm-hmm. given moment and it can be revoked, revoked, at any given moment, and that it has to be respected, that's easier than driving 20 miles to McDonald's for a fucking biscuit every morning. See my point? That's easy. All you have to do is just know that that's where it's at. And now having the power that you have along with any other performer that's out putting in the work, you can dictate how much you get paid. You can dictate Mm -hmm. if you, because I don't think you have an agent anymore. Um, But the ones that have agents can now turn it around and go, oh, just for the record, you work for me. I know I might represent your firm, but here's the thing. No mm. one sits there and goes, and I'll use him because I said his name earlier. No one sits there and goes, oh, man, Tom Hanks' agent is the best. 
Or when Tom Hanks gets up on stage to accept something, the first thing you hear coming out of his mouth isn't his agent's name. So, and with like, you know, there's the joke and I, I love this guy. Um, but I also am not one of his models, but Spiegler. I mean, that's the thing. Like everybody's like, oh, Spiegler girl, Spiegler girl, Spiegler girl. It's when did that get to a point? And again, not throwing shade on Speaks, but when did it get to a point where it's the agency and his bitches rather than these models who are represented by an agency? And I think it's changing now. Oops. Sorry about that. It's okay. Um, yeah, I... I think agents hold too much power. I think a lot of them hold too much power. Um, I mean, not even necessarily that they hold too much power, but that they have this this false um, idea surrounding them that they are kind of like the gatekeepers. And in a way, they are. But to be honest, a lot of them have not been up to snuff. They have not been doing their job the way that they should have as far as protecting talent goes. That's the key. Um, and putting us first, um, negotiating our needs, not negotiating, but like putting our needs first rather with, with bookers, companies and such. Um, I've been put in situations by my agent that I never should have been put in. Um, I know plenty of girls who have even been threatened by their agents. And that is just absolutely insane to me because these people do work for you. And I know we're talking a lot about the industry and there's a lot of negative stuff coming up right now. It's not all bad. I want to just clarify and say that. I know we're talking about a lot of negative stuff right now, but it's just that a lot of this stuff has been coming up lately. I think, I think because we're all kind of at home and not able to be on set, people are sitting and reflecting on a lot of things that are involved in their lives and work is one of them. And there's a lot of change that we need to make. Um, And it's not just to our industry either. This is something a lot of people have to remember. We openly talk about us because being sex workers, this happens at the corner market store. This happens at the mom and pop, you know, accounting firm. This happens everywhere. We just seem to talk about it more. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's, I mean, every industry has its faults. Every industry has people in power that are taking advantage and that's just across the board. Um, it, the only difference is that our industry involves sex so it's a bit more sensitive and the people who are involved not i mean not not to discredit other industries and what they experience as far as this power dynamic goes but but just within our industry specifically um if you are involved in this business you have to understand consent as a whole you have to understand consent you have to respect it you have to put it in on its you know golden um, platform and worship it and, and respect it and pedestal. give it all the things. Yeah. This pedestal. Yes. It's, it's, it's necessary. And if you don't treat it as such, you have no business being here. Right. And, and that's that. the thing. And that's, there's, <clears throat> I'm trying to remember in the last year, I think, or so since shithead's been in charge of the country, mm-hmm. um, that there was a, a a law passed that in certain state, 
I think only one, there may be a couple, but there is one that once consent is given. So like you and I were to go out to a bar and this is our Mm -hmm. first date and we finally met and we Mm -hmm. really were getting along and you invite me in and you go down, you pull down my pants, things start happening. And then I grab you by the throat, shove you into the wall and force myself inside of you. And you decide, okay, he took it too far. You don't get to take consent away because you already gave it. That's a fucking law in this country right now. Somewhere someone thought that that was okay to say that once consent is given that it cannot be revoked. Are you fucking kidding me? Absolutely insane. Yeah. I I don't. Yeah. In the 21st century that there's that kind of bullshit. And that's a fucking law somewhere. That's, that's okay. Where, so for people to sit there and listen to us, what we're talking about and going, Oh, I can't believe, you know, that this person did that to you when he put his hand on your legs or I can't, you know, these other stories sound so heinous. Mm-hmm. Our government and a state, not some dude on a set who might've been skeevy. This is a fucking state legislation that allowed yeah. that to happen. Yeah. So when anytime, anytime that anyone's listening to this or watching and you question how, how could we in the adult industry and sex workers let this kind of shit happens? Our country let that happen. So, so the thing is, and I said it earlier about the consent changing and it can be revoked like at any point, even on set, you come in and you say, I'm here and I have decided that today I'm going to do X, Y, and Z because that's what I'm paid to do as Mm -hmm. a sex worker, as a performer. And then you start doing the scene and anything, it doesn't matter. The fucking wind blew and it was warmer than you wanted it to be. And it made you think of something bad and it set you off in a bad way. You can then step up and say, I can't do this right now. And you should, as soon as those words come out of your mouth, there shouldn't be, but ah, can you just finish this up? Or, ooh, can we get a couple more minutes? It's done. And Mm -hmm. the fact that there's so many people that don't understand that in this world, and then that there's the stories that I've heard that this goes on in our industry, that it's like, oh, can I just get a couple more minutes? No, motherfucker, it's done right then or that girls wish that they could have stopped it and mm-hmm. it wasn't anything that any one person particularly did it was the fact that it wasn't the day and I you've heard me say it all the time I was like today just may not be your day and I'll mm-hmm. you know when we're doing our interviews um for the porn I'll say you know you tell me to fuck right off like if I do something that you're not happy with and you liked it last week and you don't like it this week tell me mm-hmm. to fuck off and we don't do it no questions asked and I feel like I never thought to use the word as like a precedent to be set at that level because I thought that's what was common. But when I shot mainstream stuff, when I spent a little time shooting just good old vanilla porn, nobody talks about that. Like I would get the performers together and say, okay, what do you like? What do you not like? Can he stick his finger in your butt while he's doing doggy? Or can she finger your ass while she's blowing you and the camera won't capture it? What are the things both of you are into and what are you okay with being captured? And people are like, Mm -hmm. I've never had this conversation on set before. It's mind blowing. Yeah. Yeah. Completely and utterly mind blowing. I, it's funny cause I've, I've, I've been on set with like really new girls that are like just starting to get in and I've shot like girl, girl scenes with them. And, and right before we get to the scene, I'd be like, okay, so what are you into? What are you comfortable with? What are you not comfortable with? Is there like any lines that need to be drawn for you? Like, what do you enjoy? And so many of them are just like baffled and like, Oh, like I've never thought about this. This is a thing that I get to decide for myself. I've never thought about this. And I'm so glad that like, at least I had the opportunity to meet them, 
so early on in their career that I can just plant that seed and let them know that this is a thing that you can initiate and you should initiate every time you're on set because unfortunately in the past, and I don't think this is going to be the case in the future. Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what kind of change we can make, but I don't, I don't, I, sorry. (laughs) Um, I think there are a lot of sets, like you said, that don't really go through that. That's not a mandatory thing before you go into sex is like, what's okay, what's not, let's figure everything out. A lot of the times people are figuring that out on camera. And when you're already in the motion, in in the flow of the scene as a performer and you're getting paid to be there, there's a lot of pressure on you to perform and to give a good product and to finish your scene so that you can be paid and everybody, everyone can get paid because if the scene's not done, nobody gets paid, which is also awful. Um, Because that's a lot of pressure to put on someone. Sorry to interrupt you, but that's a lot to sit there and say, okay, he didn't tell me that he was going to put his hands on my throat. And suddenly he did it and it was either you don't like it or it triggered you, but no matter what, it's something that you didn't talk about, you didn't Mm -hmm. like. And now not only do you feel weird because it's mid scene and everyone's rolling and doing their job. So you're like, well, fuck. All right. I don't really like this. This makes me uncomfortable. Maybe it'll be over soon. Maybe Mm -hmm. this will stop. Maybe he'll realize I don't like this or all of these things. And then, well, fuck. Okay. I'm just going to put up with this because there's all of this guilt only because somebody didn't pay attention. And then there's, then there's crew. Cause I guarantee you every person on that crew in case, dude with the dick isn't paying attention, the photographer, the PA, the director, and if there's only one of them, if they are too naive to look and say something's wrong and to not even think to say, hey, hold on a second, are you good? Because all you can do is go, hey, can I, I'd rather it's not, because if you say, are you good, then you say, I noticed that that didn't look like that was okay with you. Yeah. Do you want to talk about it? And mm-hmm. then that gives you the open to say, yeah, actually, I, could we not do the throat thing? All right, yeah. as the director, I'm going to tell you, hey, keep your hands off her throat. Okay, dude, my yeah. bad. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. performer person or co-performer. Mm-hmm. And it's done. And no one got hurt, no harm, no foul. But if mm-hmm. you can't pick up on the smallest sign like that, you shouldn't be doing this fucking job. No. Exactly, exactly. There's a lot of people. Um, there's been an influx of new performers. And, and I think it's always the case people are excited because they're like, I get to have sex for a living with other really hot people and we get to just do all the things and have fun together. And and yeah, it's, it's great. It's fun. It's fantastic. It's, it's um, super exciting, but you have to recognize it as a job. It's, it's not like what you do at home with your partner. It's a job. You are there to, Yes, have a good time while you're working, but the priority is everyone's well-being and the product. That's right. that's it. Just talking about how there are performers who aren't understanding that coming into this industry. And um, I think agents should have a very clear booklet that they provide or something of sorts to their talent that or potential talent rather like not even people that they're sure about signing yet but just everyone who's coming into the industry like be aware that these are all the things that you're going to have to be responsible for right. as a performer 
and be aware that you will be liable or just held accountable for your actions and you need to be prepared for that and help hold yourself accountable. So, um, you know, if people were just given that, that disclaimer before getting into this industry, I think a lot of people would be more aware rather than just thinking it, it's just a party. It's just a bunch of fun. Cause I don't know. That's they'd that's be more not- reluctant because they're like, well, fuck, wait a minute. Those are, there's, there's hazard just like there is with any job. Mm-hmm. And it's not just get naked and fuck all the hot people that you mm-hmm. want to fuck and have the experience. There's a lot of, there is work that goes into it. Yeah. And then there's, here's an idea. What about this? What about if that every major production house company and mm-hmm. in, in stated that there has to be a certain level of training that you go through before we even allow you to call yourself a director and work for us? Because again, JP represents kink.com. If mm-hmm. I fuck up and God forbid something happens and it happens on a level that it goes media wise, mm-hmm. they're not going to hear the JP as much as they are the kink.com. Yep. And yep. the same thing goes for any of these other directors with these bigger companies. Mm-hmm. So how about we try and get to a point and uh, who knows if this is going to ever happen or get implemented, but that if every major company said that to be a director for us, you have to be able to do this and then we're going to spot check you. Meaning that we will send a motherfucker, we will spend the money, especially because there's some of those companies that don't want to pay anybody shit anyway, Mm -hmm. um, and spend some of that money that you'd spend on dumb shit and have someone fly over, spend some time in Vegas or LA or Miami or wherever they need to be and just spot check everyone and find out, hey, I'm just here today to make sure everybody's cool. And then there's another voice, a female voice even, there's a funny thing. Mm -hmm. So it feels safer because there are a lot of the boy club crews out there and to have a yeah. female on that set shit that can and take the model hey how you, how's everything going how are you feeling have you ever had a bad experience on this set and you mm-hmm. can and be able, and one as a director if you take offense to that suggestion you're probably doing something you're not supposed to yep yep so and to have that and to even sign off on it and then say mind geek or kink or gamma or whomever you know vixen that signs off and says all of our directors are gold star industry level, whatever the term would be that we've trained and that we know that, um, you know what? She didn't like that hand on the throat and all he had to do, he, she, they step up and say, hi model. That's on the bottom with the hand on the throat. You don't look comfortable. Is that okay for you? And the model's either going to say, yeah, that's cool. I was just playing it up for the camera or actually I don't like it. And who knows, maybe they won't, mm-hmm. but at least you're giving them the opportunity because you stopped it as a director, not them mm-hmm. feeling obligations to, to mm-hmm. keep the scene going. Mm-hmm. And everyone could take a lesson from kink and just have sign in sheets, sign out sheets, all those, you list every single thing that you're okay and not okay with. That is so important. I have always, always, always like the safest set for me has always been yours. It has been like, I have never once felt uncomfortable and, and I, I really appreciate the fact that I was able to be introduced into like BDSM by someone like yourself who respects consent because I, I didn't have anything happen that would have, you know, otherwise deterred me from it. And I am so grateful because it's something that I love to experience and it's something that I love to share with fans. And, and it's, it's, 
honestly one of my I mean it's it's one of the most incredible experiences that I've had in in porn as a whole is working with you and it just it just means so much to me that you take that time and care to really truly understand consent on every level and to monitor your your talent so carefully I I've never met a director who has as much just awareness and care with their work so right. thank you so much thank for you doing that. that's that's awesome that makes me I'm always like I get all fuzzy when I hear that. And I, I, don't, I don't hear it all, like a shit ton, but when people do, when we're talking and this comes up and people say that, I'm just like, thanks. Because it feels good because it does, it's it's nice. It actually kind of, this will segue into something I was going to tell you about anyway. Um, I don't even know if I was going to tell you during the podcast, but I will now. Mm. Is that, um, I don't know if you've heard about what Lance Hart is doing, mm. where he's putting together the project where everyone is kind of coming forward and saying, hey, me as a director of 16 years who might made a living off of torturing people, tying them up and hurting them, and to the point that they're crying, sometimes begging for me to stop. And nowhere has anyone ever had anything bad to say. Knock on wood. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, like when I was vetted to work with the, the vanilla company, he was like, I, I vetted you, which is weird because some of the directors that work for that company, I'm like, you, did you vet them or did you just take them <laughs> on face value? Mm -hmm. But he was like, I tried my damnedest and I cannot find one person that has anything bad to say about you. And I told him, I was like, it's because I, the one thing I have going for me above all else is my reputation. And because mm -hmm. of what I do, as soon as my reputation gets tarnished, I'm fucked. No one's going to come work for me. They're going to be like, oh yeah, that guy tortures people and he's a, or he did this or he, no. So it's just, it's yeah. not something that can be. So anyway, mm -hmm. um, the thing working with Lance is he's kind of says, you know, let's, as a collective, let's get together and let's just give all of this information away. Let's make mm -hmm. videos on how to like, here's how you start a business. Here's how you start the website. Here's the, and he, we, he came to me along with a shit ton of other people and asked mm -hmm. would you be interested in contributing and making this thing happen? Because mm -hmm. if we give enough people power, especially people of color power to do mm -hmm. their own content and to do their own mm -hmm. sites, the narrative changes. Yes. Everything about the IR changes. Yes. So he he was like, look, I'd he's like, I got a bunch of ideas that I want from a bunch of people. He was like, but I can't think of anyone in this entire industry that would do consent better than you. So I did this, I think it's like a 35 or 40 minute rant. And you know me, mm -hmm. I go from hi, everybody, to and there's another fucking thing. Because I would get <laughs> so pissed off about stuff when I was talking about it. So um, it's public somewhere. I don't know. There'll be at some point him and I and everybody involved will announce like where it is now, like where it can mm -hmm. be found for the world. But okay. it's kind of nice because it's, that's one of the things too is the, the, the IR situation. And mm -hmm. again, I've spoke about this on the podcast is where you have, mm -hmm. you know, these companies like blacked that p perpetuate every fucking stereotype possible. There's the big scary black guy. And Oh my God, at the size of his cock. And Oh, <gasps> It's, it's name itself too right like oh so there's there's so much in this industry that's wrong and i'm guilty and i'll this is another thing that i'll admit to <clears throat> there's keywords that sell and make us money and at the end of the day we're all here doing it for money we enjoy what we do but we're doing it for the money mm -hmm. and ebony is not a way that you describe a black person i know black mm -hmm women who are actually born and given the birth name Ebony and that's fine. 
but no, that's, that's not a word. And as soon as I realized that ebony or exotic, which is also, and I, until I learned, I used them because they were keywords that made more eyes were coming to look at what I was doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And once I figured out that they just, there was no need and it was stupid. And I, you know, and I, I and I've shot things since and I'm like, and I've actually talked to corporation, the corp, you know, the main people at kink. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm going to write, I do the write-ups and the, and the titles. Sometimes they're mm-hmm. altered. If you alter what I wrote about this person and put ebony or anything else that has to do with their skin color, because we don't do it for the white girls. So don't do it for the black girls. And I, they're like, JP, we respect it. And so much so that when we started having a conversation about how talking with the CEO, like how are we going forward, going to still be kink who sets this, the standard for other people Mm -hmm. to maybe pay attention to and hopefully try and, you know, emulate. And I was like, and this is a scary one because this is, you know, where do you draw the line on what is and what isn't? But Mm -hmm. in every BDSM DS situation, master and slave are a big part of that. So can it be master and servant? Can it be like, where do you draw the line? Are we comfortable with still using the term slave? And I do know, and I told them a story that years ago, back in LA, we were shooting this girl, black girl, and we were Mm -hmm. doing um, similar to the brutal session stuff. It was just sex and bondage. Mm -hmm. And the dude came on who called every fucking female he ever worked with his slave. Mm -hmm. And he wouldn't do it for her. And it pissed mm-hmm. her off. She was like, why aren't you? He's like, well, you're a black woman. I don't want to call you slave. She was like, oh, do you know how fucked up that is? That you'll call everybody else one, but I'm here and identify as a slave in the BDSM world. And now you won't use it. What does that say? about? And she, she called him mm-hmm. on it. She was like, what does that say mm-hmm. about you that you're comfortable calling anyone else that? And I, and she told him, I admire if you didn't use the word at all, then I could understand you saying it, but you use it with everyone else. And I actually identify in my personal life as a slave in the BDSM community. And there was a mm-hmm. stink. And I told them at kink that I was like, mm-hmm. you know, there's, so do you take away the term or do you pay attention to the context? And there mm-hmm. is a whole nother conversation because you can say certain words in a certain context. And it's not the same as when you say that word in a different context. Mm-hmm. And it's difficult to say yes or no, or, or what is or mm-hmm. what is not, or what's right or what's wrong, especially in, mm-hmm. as a person who, again, doesn't have a pony in the race. You see what I'm saying? Like, to sit there and go, okay, I can identify on certain parts of it, but then there's other parts, like we were talking about in the mm-hmm. beginning of the podcast, is you have to step back and go, I need to open my eyes and educate myself and learn more so I can at least try and wrap my head around yes. where this other person's coming from. Mm-hmm. But... With all that being said, I feel like we're, again, at a pivotal moment where this industry, we're at a place where it's going to make a change, and we just have to stand strong and make sure Mm -hmm. that it changes the right way. Yeah, we got to keep the wheels turning. We got to really, really push for it because when, and I know productions are are starting up for some companies, um, and I know that that's going to continue as time goes on, but like as production continues to get started, we have to hold firm with this need for change because otherwise we'll just go back to the way things were and people aren't going to be happy. I personally am only going to work with studios and um, people, performers that I know I have like, we have mutual respect for each other and mutual understanding and, and can, can work together to, um, you know, just create, 
content that is both safe and um, enjoyable for others. And, and it's, it's, we have to just be, take responsibility and, and really work towards that change. Yeah. We can't, we can't just let it be in other people's hands anymore because for years it was in the hands of the corporations, the companies, it was in the hands of the agents and unfortunately people were taken advantage of and we can't allow for that to happen anymore. No, because if we don't take it back, if we don't fix it, it's just going to, it's just going to snowball. It's going to get worse and worse until the government finally will have every leg that they need to stand on to shut this industry down because of the trash. And if we don't change it, that's where we're headed. And I, and, Mm -hmm. and, and I say that not in like, I don't think that we're going to see it in our lifetime, in my career, and mm-hmm. I'm going to be the career guy who does it till I'm too old to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure that it would change, even if this wasn't happening now, I'm not sure that it would have changed prior to this. I think it would have kept on rolling, and I don't think that we would have seen it gotten to get so bad that it would have had someone else step in to fix it or to, to eradicate it. <clears throat> but mm-hmm. I do think that right now is the time where we as producers as performers as even the corporations and like i said i'm the one who's calling kink and saying hey there's this thing um Mm -hmm. for years ago year or however long ago it was when this little girl made her fucking little hip-hop rap video and decided that it was okay for her little white honky ass to sit around and say that word over and over um and it came, it's been recently brought back up and I was aware of it. I was yep. very aware of it. And it was like, I still to this day, but I'm also a person who can't believe that half the people in the hip hop culture right now are allowing some of these people that are not black to use that word. I'm like, where the, f- I know it's hip hop, but that word, that one's okay. So anyway, so that's a whole nother thing. But the, the, the one mm-hmm. I'm speaking of that came up and it was everywhere. And, um, Demi Sutra, who I love, mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. has brought it back up and was like, hey, let's talk about this for a minute. And I'm like, because uh, yeah. I, I, I think she said something about um, companies are just blind eye to it or something or producers or whatever. And I'm like, not me, not all of us. Mm-hmm. And then somebody commented to me, well, I know you're not in charge of kink.com, but why is it one of her videos just resurfaced on the front page? And I was like, I don't know. That's something you should talk to them about. But so mm-hmm. will I. Guess what happened by end of day? that fucking thing was taken down because I called and hit the CEO and was like, Hey, I don't know if you know these things. And then as soon as I'm texting her, I'm like, here's the link to her little funny fucking wannabe rap video. And Mm -hmm. here's a link to her, you know, admitting that she raped her first boyfriend. Like, and then here's a clip of her talking about it years later saying, because it was, you know, it was removed. And here's another clip of her on some podcast of hers or whatever, reiterating what she had done. Yeah. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I was like, you know, I'm, I don't know what they're going to do, but I'm saying, and I told her, I was like, you know, the CEO, I was like, this is, this is what I would do, but you're clearly the CEO and it's not my place to tell you your job. And I respect you as a woman and as the boss to make, you know, to do what you need to do. And later on that afternoon, I got um, a text message from one of the other people that are up there uh, at kink and was like, just so Mm -hmm. you know, it's been removed. And I went on to Twitter and went back and I didn't make a huge thing out of it. I just went to the thread that it was already started and said, changes have been made, mm-hmm. but it starts with just speaking up. I mm-hmm. think it's that simple. Mm-hmm. If you just fucking mm-hmm. speak up, 
and there's people that are willing to listen, that are willing to make the change, a lot of this Mm -hmm. can get fixed. And let's also just point out that involving that specific situation, it's been brushed under the rug for years. People have just ignored it. And um, there has been zero accountability on that person's part whatsoever. I have not heard or seen anything on the internet of this person apologizing or like, and this is, I mean, maybe I haven't digged far enough, but as far as from what I've heard, I, there's just been zero acknowledgement of that being fucked up. I think there was something said along the lines of like, oh, well, my friends said that it was okay. And like, oh, I grew up in Miami. So that makes it okay. And it's like, I grew up in Atlanta. I grew up in Georgia, Georgia, not Miami. I grew up like in Georgia, in Atlanta, at one of like the hip hop fucking meccas, if you will. Mm-hmm. I don't. No, I did have a couple black friends back in the day, and they were like, "Yo, what's up, my?" And I'd look around and be like, "What's up, my?" And I'd do it quiet because it was I didn't say it to anybody else. I didn't dare fucking say it. Just mm-hmm. like I was talking the other day that back at the castle at King. There were a couple gay men who I was good friends with, and they'd run up and they're like, hey, what's up? And they'd use the F word. And I'm like, hey, what's up? And then say it back. And it's this, it, but it was, again, like I was saying earlier, it's context. And it's still mm-hmm. not, it's not a word that I would use, but it was a word that was used in, towards me. And they're like, come on, it's okay. And I'm like, are you sure about this? But again, mm-hmm. it's also, I'm not an early 20 goof around person. And I just, it's not a word that I use in my regular vocabulary. It's not something that I mm-hmm. use. I refrain from using it because it's not a word that should be mm-hmm. used. I don't give a fuck how many no. friends yeah. you have. That's the whole thing. That's mm-hmm. as bad as saying, well, I'm not racist. I've got black friends. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just, I, I know that when I was a kid, there were certain situations or like young teen, certain situations where I had friends who kind of encouraged me to say certain things, certain words, and um, including that realm. And um, I definitely participated, but years later, or just growing up and just recognizing that, you know, I have zero place in that commun- community. Like, like I, don't, I don't have the right to use this language. I have not been, I have not like had that experience. I, I am like, Honestly, I have had such a privileged life. I I grew up in a fucking fishbowl of white privilege. Honestly, right. like I really did. I lived in an, an environment that was so shielded from everything that goes on with these people who have been oppressed and um, I mean, just flat out neglected in so many different ways as far as like their rights go and how they've been treated and everything, you know, it's, it's, um, I grew up in an environment where that just wasn't something that I was taught or like aware of or witnessed. Right. So I feel like during those times, it, it felt safe to say those words because no one was looking and, it was just between me and a friend. But as I got older and as, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate to have had, to have gone to certain schools that were very worldly and trying to educate people on things that were happening around the world and, and have us understand that like, 
just because we're okay in our little pocket does not mean that everything else is okay. And it does not mean that we don't have an op, like a, a responsibility to try to change things because I was just because I was in a bubble where that was okay does not mean that it was actually okay. Like right. whatsoever. And, and as soon as I became aware despite, you know, where I grew up and, and my experiences and being shielded from a lot of the world. Um, as soon as I became aware, I immediately changed that behavior. I immediately changed the way that I treated that and the way that I, um, you know, just, just felt about everything and involving just the use of that word. And, and, and it, it, I, I wanted to learn more. I wanted to understand my place and my, my part in being an ally and, and trying to, to just not be a part of the problem. Right. And that's, that's, that was my point. It was that people will come from all different backgrounds, all different, you know, upbringings, different experiences the the most important thing is that you recognize that just because you've had a certain perspective or a certain view or a certain just understanding of things your whole life does not mean that that's how things are. And right. that if so long as you have the willingness to see that and want to work on yourself and have a um, positive impact on change, you know, you're, you're making, you're making good moves. That's, right. that's what matters. Right. Yeah. I saw a video recently cause we're going to wrap this up in a little bit, <clears throat> but, yeah. um, the two things first, uh, this beautiful goddess named cinnamon love actually did call that bitch out and was like, Hey, call me bitch. We need to talk. I think she did it a little mm -hmm. more eloquently than that, but she basically mm -hmm. was like, you, we need to talk. Um, mm -hmm. And she did it publicly along with Demi. There's been several call outs, but I don't think anyone's there's, I don't, I haven't seen any repercussions from it yet. Uh, two mm -hmm. is that there was this video that came up recently. Some, I forget who shared it, where I saw it. Um, if I, I'll have to make a note and see if I can put it up in a link on this. Um, mm -hmm. But it was a girl stands up and there's a lecture going on. And she says, I have white friends that insist on using the N word when they're rapping, when they're singing along with the song. Mm -hmm. And there was, it was done so well and I can't do it justice, but the basic I that came from this person was that so they're upset because they can't say that word you and again the context thing you asking me the question about it in the context that you're asking I wouldn't take offense to it because you're using the word in a non-hateful context um, but if you think about that little bitty inconvenience of you just not being allowed to ever ever say that fucking word again you don't even know this isn't even an inkling of what black people go through every single day of their entire fucking life. So take exactly. that little bit of inconvenience because you don't get to say one word. Think exactly. of all of the shit that we have to go through on a regular basis just because of the color of our skin. And I mm -hmm. was like, it was so powerful. And like I said, anybody that watches this on, uh, on YouTube, I'll try and put the link up um, because it's, mm -hmm. it was done so well that you sit back and you're mm -hmm. like, fuck, because yeah. it is, it's, it's, at the end of the day, it's just, it's a word. And a lot of the people that I know from the South are the same way. They're like, don't, don't, don't use that word on me. Don't call me that word mm -hmm. because as a black person, I don't like it. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of change. There's a lot of shit that's got to yeah. change. Um, and again, yeah. I think we've got, I think the world is, is going 
hopefully in, in a, the right direction. If we can just get this fucking chump out of fucking office. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think there's, that's a start. I think people being aware and open their mind and pay attention that the world doesn't revolve around you and that you, something as simple as going back to what we were saying earlier, something, the, the, the privilege thing, the fact mm-hmm. that you are a white girl and you put out a fucking song using the N word, that's hella privilege. That's what that yeah. is. That's yeah. what that is. That's yeah. the, and the, the level of hypocrisy and that fact alone. Mm-hmm. So, um, I tell everybody that's listening, check yourself, pay attention, open your eyes and better yet, shut your mouth and open your fucking ears and pay attention to other people around you. The other humans that don't have it as easy as you do. And if you're one of those humans that don't have it that easy, fucking I'm here to do anything I can, whatever it takes. Like I'm, and I want, and I say that to people all the time. I was like, you know, I I don't claim to understand and know everything, but I'm Mm -hmm. damn sure more than happy to do anything I can to help and help make things exactly. better. Exactly. Um, young lady, I miss your face. I'm glad no, I got no, to spend so much time looking at you. Mm. Um, and we will see each other soon. I spent a yeah. uh, side note before we wrap this up. Mm-hmm. I spent like six hours the other day writing up uh, new standard operating procedures for just how my studio is going to run when things start opening. Mm-hmm. So, um, no matter how we see each other and what content we're shooting, there's it's, it's already, we run a tight ship. It's gotten even tighter now. So, mm-hmm. um, you were amazing. I miss you. you. I can't I wait to wrap too. my arms around you again. I, I miss hugging more than anything. I'm like, I just want to hug know. other people. Like I hug my kid all the time. He's like, get off me. And I'm like, shut <laughs> up and give me a hug. You fucker. <laughs> my dog is like overwhelmed because i'm just constantly like affection please (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna like me (laughs) um all right sweetie take care of yourself thank you so much um and um everybody Kristen fucking scott next time see ya (laughs) love you bye love you